Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality one topic at a time. This is Increase the Reality with Shane Jones. What is up, inquirers, and welcome back to hopefully one of your favorite podcasts, Inquiries of Our Reality. It's been a long time since uh, I've talked about spirituality on the show. So, that being said, I kind of felt like it's time to kind of incorporate it back into the show a bit, especially with all that's going on and uh, the elevation of energy and just all of the weird stuff that's been going on lately. It's all connecting back into the spiritual. So, I'm going to try to incorporate that and bring it back into the show because I've kind of strayed away for a while. But this guest that I have today is a fantastic person to talk to, and I couldn't think of a better person to usher back in the age of spirituality as far as inquiries of our reality goes than with this guest. And uh, in turn with that, I actually got to do my first uh, past life regression. So kind of already setting the mood for what this episode is going to be for you guys, but it was definitely a fascinating experience. Uh, we do talk about it a little bit in the episode, and I'm sure that in a future episode, I'll probably end up doing a full uh, synopsis on everything that happened, how it went down, and all the different things that I saw and experienced. But uh, before we get into it, of course, if you guys don't mind leaving a review or rating for the show on iTunes or Spotify, I would definitely appreciate it. It's an awesome way to help the show grow. And uh, if you guys are willing to share the show through word of mouth with friends, family, anybody else that you think might be interested in the show. And with your guys' love and support, the show is just going to continue to keep growing and hopefully get to the place where it needs to be. And uh, of course, if you guys aren't already following the show on social media, I highly recommend that you do. Uh, the one that I'm the most active on currently is Instagram. Uh, there's a Facebook, of course, set up for the show. Uh, there's a Telegram, a Discord. Now there's a TikTok, there's a YouTube. So we're starting to build up the video content as far as that aspect goes. And those are both Open Minds Media. So there you'll find content as far as this show goes and Bizarre Encounters for, you know, of course, TikTok and YouTube. And uh, just to drop it in there again, I will be vending at Squonkapalooza. So if anybody's interested in coming to that, it is a free event. And that's going to be on August 28th in Central Park in downtown Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Uh, like I said, it is a free event. So bring everybody out, come hang out. Uh, let me know that you guys are coming because I would love to actually know some of your guys' faces before you come, be able to point you out and say, hey, I know that guy. And I literally will do that. If I see you and I know you, I will point at you awkward as hell. It'll be fun for both of us. I'll say, hey, I know that guy. And I'll make my weird little uh, squinty face at you. It'll be fun. It'll be fun for everybody. So uh, let me know if you guys are coming out because I would love to be able to talk to you guys, of course, and open up that uh, 
line of communication before we actually get to meet each other in person. And uh, if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show, whether you're an author, researcher, experiencer, contactee, spiritual person, whatever, all of the open-minded individuals that exist out there in the world that want to sit down, have a deep conversation, I want to sit down, I want to talk to you, so don't hesitate to shoot me a message. Uh, You guys can message me on Instagram, which as I said, that's the one that I'm the most active on, or you guys can email me at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com, or you can go to the link tree, fill the submission form, and that will go directly to my email, of course, and uh, make sure that you check your guys' spam and junk folders, make sure nothing gets missed in the process, because I do respond to every single email and message that I get. And if you guys aren't already checking out Bizarre Encounters, and I'm sure you guys are, come on. If you guys are listening to this show, you guys are into the weird stuff. I'm sure you've checked out Bizarre Encounters. But if you haven't, go and check it out. Got two awesome co-hosts over there, Oren and Jenny. Can't say it enough. Two of the coolest people I've ever gotten to meet as far as podcasting and stuff goes. And the show just keeps getting better and better. keeps progressing. It's getting more comfortable. And uh, if you guys like the comedy aspect with the theories and all the crazy stuff, go and check it out. And uh, if you guys want to keep tabs on all the stuff that I do, as I said, with the YouTube and the TikTok, go and check out Open Minds Media. Uh, That's going to be your one-stop shop for this show, Bizarre Encounters, and any other projects that I happen to work on in the future. And uh, if you guys want to support the show, there's multiple ways to do so. Number one, of course, is through Patreon. There you'll find multiple tiers. Uh, Some of those things that you'll get with those tiers are ad-free episodes, early access to episodes, lives of episodes, live replays of episodes, which is the video format of the episodes if you guys are interested in stuff like that. Uh, There's going to be some exclusive giveaways in the future. There's uh, some exclusive merch store discounts depending on which tier that you pick. So go and check it out. See which one suits you the best. Uh, You guys can also donate to the show directly through PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, or Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show. Uh, If you guys are interested in doing it that way, go down to the bottom of the show description and you'll see something along the lines of donate on Red Circle. Click there, do whatever you guys got to do. And if it doesn't give you an option to leave some type of personalized message, please shoot me a message because I'd love to give you guys a shout out showing that you guys love and support the show, of course. And the third way you guys can support the show is through picking up some gear from the Open Minds Media Merch Store. Uh, There you'll find stuff for Increase of Our Reality, Bizarre Encounters, Bite Size Bizarreties, the Open Minds Media logo. And uh, I will be working on some new designs. Got some really cool stuff that I've been working on. Uh, Got an approval on one design, so that one should be dropping soon. And uh, this other design that I'm working on, uh, I got to figure out exactly how to place the wording on it. But let's just say Anime Ninja Sasquatch fucking killer. You guys are going to dig it. I really dig it. And I can't wait to show you guys this design. And uh, if you guys pick up anything from the Open Minds Media merch store, please, if you don't mind doing it, send me a picture of you guys wearing it. I'd love to repost it on the page, show that there's love and support out there for the show. Because again, like I said in the beginning, the only way the show is ever going to grow is with your guys' love and support. And uh, with that said, of course, I appreciate all of you guys for listening. Every single episode you guys return, I love you guys. I appreciate you. And I wouldn't be doing this stuff without you. And also, just to throw that in there, while you guys are in that lovey-dovey, love and support type of mood, don't forget to go and check out Joe over there at Crypto Theology. The dude's always killing it with designs, and he's somehow always dropping new designs, even though he seems to be vending events almost every single weekend. The guy's out here. He's killing it. Go and give him some support for all the hard work that he puts out. And just as part of that awesome hard work that he does, he is going to be one of the people that is putting on Squonkapalooza. Him and Cryptic Comfort two of the coolest people when it comes to uh, doing all of this cool cryptid merchandise stuff. So go and check out both of their work. And of course, go and check out Squonkapalooza and get to meet me and Joe there, of course. And every single thing that I've mentioned will be available from the link tree down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show.
Please welcome to the show, quantum healing practitioner, Daily Rose. Pleasure to have you on today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, had a lot of fun, interesting conversation yesterday. So it's kind of led into this. So it's like we got rid of that awkward tension that's in the front when you're kind of getting to know each other through the deep session. And uh, through that, I guess, is kind of a good lead off point to uh, kind of explaining who you are, what you do for any of the listeners that may not be familiar with you. You know, that should be an easy question to answer, but I feel like sometimes every day I'm still trying to figure out <laughs> what it is that I'm doing and why it is that I'm here. But I suppose that the simple answer to that is that I help people to see their past lives and access their higher self. Um, I do sessions. It's a lot like a guided meditation where people can access whatever it is that their higher self or their soul, their, I don't know, spirit guides and ancestors want them to know. Um, and it's, I don't know, it sounds really abstract or complicated, but once you get into it, it I think a lot of people are really surprised by how easy it is to tap into that energy. And also they realize how present that energy is in their everyday life. So I don't know, on the one hand, it feels really complicated and so serious. I'm a quantum healing practitioner, but I don't know. It's, it's pretty easy and pretty fun, I think. And that's, I don't know. That's a lot of what got me into it is the easy and fun part because it feels like just like so many other parts of life, we, we think everything is complicated or has to be complicated, but it really doesn't have to be. And spirituality is one of those things that can be as easy or as hard as we make it. And so the sessions that I do, they bring a lot of healing and a lot of insight, um, but it's not hard. It's just easy and it just flows. So, so uh, before we get it too much into the session part of it, um, I got to ask, like, how did you get, get into this? Like what, what made it so that you wanted to kind of go down this path? Like, was it, you know, just your spiritual journey kind of led you there or like how, how exactly did you get into doing what you do? I guess it was a pretty natural progression. I've always, ever since I was little, I always felt like I was here to do something. I just, I could never really figure out what that something was. It was always really important to me to understand both myself. Like I've always been someone that's doing shadow work, which is, I don't know, just a fancy word for understanding yourself and why you, why you do certain things and why you do things the way that you do. Um, always wondering why certain things upset me or bothered me or wondering why and really wanting to understand why I was drawn so strongly to doing certain things or certain career paths or educational paths or whatever. Um, and I also under understood really early on, even as a child, that like I was here to do something specific and it took me a while to figure out what it was. At some point along the way, I realized that connection was really important to me. So connecting to myself, like I said, understanding myself and why I do what I do, but also wanting to connect with other people. I ended up going to school um, for human development, which is just basically the study of humans and how we develop and how we progress and grow through like all the different phases of life. Um, and so it's like when I've, when I finally arrived at the understanding of, kind of why I was here, which was really just 
learning and connection, I was able to, to look back at the, the decisions that I had made and understand that like I had kind of already always been like serving my purpose and on the path I was intended to, to be. It was just a matter of realizing that and then being able to do it with intention. Um, and so, like I said, I, my education was in kind of learning about humans and, and connecting and understanding. And I was a little, I don't know, I, I say that connection was important and I felt like I had this purpose, but I was a little lost, I guess you could say in my twenties, as far as n knowing how to like, um, like steer that energy, like navigate it. And so I ended up getting, I just stayed in school for like all of my twenties. I got a bachelor's, a master's and a PhD. <laughs> and it's so funny that with each one, I was like, I don't think that this is going to be a, like, it was like a means to an end kind of, I was just going to get the diploma. And then that was it. I, I, part of me just knew like when I got a master's in marriage and family therapy, I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to practice. And I never did. But I just kept learning about people and humans and relationships and navigating life. Right. Um, but the whole time I just kept thinking like, this isn't, this is close to what I'm supposed to be doing, but not exactly it. Um, but I was, I was happy. I was content to be what felt like was on the right path even if I hadn't quite arrived at like the destination or the understanding like the full picture yet um and I I think that the way I was led to quantum healing when I finally realized like had the aha moment of oh my gosh this this is it this is the thing I've been waiting for I had I'd been kind of dabbling with different spiritual practices like Reiki and energy work and um, medical intuitive things. And I, none of it, it all felt resonant. Like it felt good to be learning about them, but I still was kind of hesitant. Like, I don't, I don't think this is the thing, the thing, but this is again, like all the degrees that I accrued in my twenties, this is what I'm supposed to be doing for now. And that's fine too. Um, but someone posted in one of my like soul awakening groups about Dolores Cannon and it was this video of hers. Um, Dolores Cannon is kind of the pioneer. She's one of like the first practitioners, the first people that really um, committed herself to and made popular this notion of past life regression. She's written tons of books, all of which are amazing. I highly recommend her. Um, and so it was a link to one of her, I guess you could call it a lecture. She's just this like sweet, older, like Southern woman. She was sitting on like, like a lazy boy recliner, like in the middle of a stage, like the setup felt a little weird. You're like, what is this? And like the quality of the video was kind of it was like older, like it was probably taped in like, I don't know, the nineties or the early two thousands. So here I am watching it 20 years later and it should have been in, in our day and age of instant gratification and like beautifully edited, you know, you know, YouTube videos and like an instant gratif gratification scrolling through TikTok. Right. I should have just been like, Oh wow, this is boring. Like, what is this? This doesn't make any sense. This is silly. I'm not going to watch this, but I was sucked in for the entire two hours and she she's just it was there was something about her that was just magnetic I couldn't stop listening to her and all this wisdom that she had and she's just sitting 
down, just talking. There was no fancy graphics. There was nothing but her energy, honestly, and the information that she had to share. And by the end of that lecture, that video, whatever you want to call it, I just knew. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I was like, I wonder if I can learn how to do this. You know, I wonder if she teaches it or if I can just find like a hypnotherapy certification or something somewhere. And it didn't take me long to figure out that she she did have an online training actually that she offered. She she passed away, I think in 2016. Um, and so I didn't find her work until several years later, but she has a whole online training option. And I did that. And that was, that was just it. I was like all in and I did the training. I was done in just like several days time. I you know, was a professional student by that point. So learning things and like taking a course was easy peasy. I breezed through it. And um, I started seeing clients, you know, practicing on family and friends and anyone who was open to it. And that was kind of it. The rest is history. I did it for a couple of years. I got another certification that allowed me to do online um, sessions. Dolores Cannon is, was pretty rigid about her stance that hypnotherapy not be done remotely via Zoom or the telephone, which I understand and I respect that. I've never used her approach and her script to um, do sessions with people remotely. Um, but there are other modalities that will certify you and kind of teach a little bit about the ethics of that and what you can do in order to make sure it's a safe environment for people when you're doing a session remotely. Um, and so I did that certification as well and started finally, eventually marketing myself, which is the whole thing as I guess a small business owner, I guess that's what I am an entrepreneur. I don't, I don't know what I am. Like I said, I kind of figuring that out every day as I go. I'm a person who <laughs> but, does um, cool stuff. Myself. We'll just call it that. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Um, figuring it out as I go and taking pay, pay, paying clients. Um, and I ended up actually creating a modality of my own that's extremely similar but just has a few differences and so it's just kind of progressed and I don't I try not to take myself or any of this stuff too seriously because I don't know for me when I start taking things too seriously I get stressed out and anxious and I don't know I don't like to be those things <laughs> so I find if I'm just more relaxed and like go with the flow I enjoy life more so here I am I have my own little modality and I take clients and I'm actually just finishing writing a book, which is, it's just like a culmination of all the crazy things that I learn about in meditation, which I don't, it feels weird to, to release something so publicly that, that feels really self-centered. So I'm like, why would anyone, who cares about like, I went into meditation and I saw aliens and all this other stuff. Like who cares what I'm over here? meditating about but I think that the larger the overall picture you know the the point that my guides and my higher self wanted me to get across with that is that everybody can do this like I am no different in my ability to access higher dimensional consciousness and meditate successfully than anyone else I'm no better at it I'm, I'm no you know higher up on on I don't know the consciousness, whatever, self-actualization ladder than anyone else. I'm just a regular old human. And I think that one of my purposes in life, one of the things that I've come here to share with everyone is that humans are 
amazing. We're fucking incredible. <laughs> and from birth, we're all kind of conditioned to believe that we're not that, like that we're not very important and that, I don't know, life has to be hard and difficult and kind of miserable. Um, but it's, that's not true. And so no. part of, I think, writing that book for me was recognizing it for myself and really stepping into um, that that energy of like self-worth and empowerment like oh i i have something i don't know valuable to share with others who might find it valuable as well um and so i kind of went on a tangent and i think that's all i have to say about <laughs> my book for now <laughs> no no there's there's a lot of awesome stuff actually that i got a lot of questions i want to dig into with all of that and uh, i guess a good spot to start to kind of get everything rolling because i still got i got a bunch of questions floating around in my head already yeah. is uh so is a typical session like i ended up doing one yesterday but for anybody that isn't familiar with like what a typical session would be how it would go um why don't you kind of like walk them through because if you know there's a lot of people out there that might be thinking about doing it maybe they might actually take that step to do mm -hmm. it if they're a little bit more comfortable knowing exactly what they're doing yeah definitely so i i have two different approaches to my sessions the the first approach is the one that i was taught by Dolores Cannon and by the other certification that I did. The other certification is BQH, Beyond Quantum Healing. Um, and the premise of both of those is that practitioners have a kind of like an, an interview, I guess is the right word, but that's way more formal of a term than I like to use. I'm we'll call it a meeting. <laughs> I'm much more right. I'm I'm much more like personable and like we're just two humans like on a spiritual journey together and at this point like we've connected so let's just chat and like learn a little bit about each other and exchange some energy so that we both can make sure that we're on the same page and so that my clients feel comfortable with me and they can trust me um and then after that interview that first part um then we get into the actual session which is where i read um, from it's an induction script. It's a lot like a guided meditation. And so for the QHHT sessions, quantum healing, hypnosis therapy sessions, I do have a set script that I read from. It's the same for every client. Lots of visualization and just relaxation, just kind of connecting inward with yourself and then outward with whatever you identify with, source or God or the universe or whatever. And then it goes kind of from there guiding people, you know, what are you seeing? What does it feel like? Um, tell me more about, you know, the, the beings around you, the people, the surroundings, things of that nature. Um, the other approach that I use is the modality that I created. And I created this modality. It's called Timeline Healing Hypnosis um, because I noticed that a lot of clients in my sessions, well, first of all, I was manifesting lots of clients who weren't visual and these other modalities rely heavily on vi visualizations. The induction script is all, um, I want you to see this. I want you to tell me what you see. What do you see now that you're in this past life? So very heavy on visuals. And funny enough, I'm not a visual person. When I go into my own meditations, up until very recently, I've, I've started tapping into my own ability to visualize a little bit more. I actually talk about that in my book. Um, but I traditionally before that, I was not very visual. So I, I like wasn't ever seeing any, I mean, it was darkness, you know, I would be doing a guided meditation or have my own session as a client. And they're like, you know, 
I don't know, picture a door and then step through the door into the next room. And what do you see? And I'm like, I didn't even see the door. I don't know. Like I'm like stuck. And I think a lot of people had the same experience. They're like, I didn't see a door. I, I guess I could pretend I stepped through something, but like, I don't know. I still don't see a room now. And so not really understanding how to progress if they're not seeing anything. So that being said, I was manifesting a lot of clients who weren't visual. And, and I think that was, I think there was a reason for that because I'm also not visual and I had to figure out in my own spiritual journey how to <clears throat> navigate that and how, how to, to work a, around that. Um, and the, the other type of client that I was manifesting um, were clients that didn't get very deep into a, a very deep trance state. They weren't like fully what, what most people would consider hypnotized. Um, and, and that type of client was kind of like the bread and butter of Dolores Cannon's work. They would get into such a deep level of trance. It's called the somnambulistic state that they would channel either the aspect of themselves that was in that past life. Channel is, is just kind of a fancy word for tap into and allow that energy through without their conscious mind being present. So they'd be channeling that past life aspect of themselves without their conscious mind present at all. Um, or they would, they would channel um, a higher dimensional being or an ancestor, spirit guide, whatever. And then when they came out of the session, they would be like, oh my gosh, I'm so, did I fall asleep? I am so sorry. You know, <laughs> I guess it didn't work. And Dolores Scannon would be like, well, actually you were out for two and a half hours and a ton of incredible information came through. And those clients would have to like listen back to their session in order to even like know what was said because their conscious minds had completely checked out. And for, and for the, the, like the client's experience, the human experience for being in such a deep level of trance, you just feel like you fell asleep because that is the, like the brainwave state right before actual sleep. Um, and so that's, and that's a beautiful, wonderful experience to have. I think that a lot of, clients kind of expect to have that type of experience when they sign up for like a QHHT session, whether they've heard of Dolores Cannon or not, a lot of people just expect to see things visually and to feel like these answers are coming from somewhere or someone or something outside of themselves um, because they don't trust it. They don't want to believe it or allow it if they feel like they are the ones coming up with the answers. Um, and I, like I said, I was manifesting clients who didn't get into that super deep state. So my clients often were still consciously present enough that they could, if they wanted to answer a question consciously, like as, as their human self, but they often, they didn't want to, they were, present enough to observe and be surprised as these crazy things are coming out of their mouth. Um, and they, they were, they trusted enough. And, and that was, uh, you know, I don't know, a little bit of credit to myself, I suppose, for creating an environment where they feel safe enough to allow that to come through. But also they were just ready to have that experience. They were um, listening to their guidance and tapping into their own, you know, understanding enough to know that they had that ability and to allow it to come through. So all of that being said, I created a modality that not only um, 
allows people who are not visual to tap into these experiences and this higher dimensional consciousness. Um, but it also encourages people to stay somewhat consciously present um, because I find that people who stay consciously present, even if they have a bit of a harder time believing and trusting what comes through because they feel like it was just them, like it was it was just me, it was Shane, I was the one saying all that stuff. It wasn't my spirit guides or my higher self, it was me. Um, they also, they do find it easier to tap into and allow that energy, that higher self energy, the higher dimensional consciousness or whatever, um, in their own lives moving forward in their either meditations or spiritual practices or whatever, because they were consciously present, the, the conscious mind and the subconscious or the higher self or whatever you want to call it. They're like present at the same time. They're like holding hands and working together, so to speak. Whereas normally humans function with their conscious mind in the front, leading, making decisions, formulating those memories, having those conscious experiences while the higher self or the subconscious mind is kind of in the back, definitely having an influence, but not as prominent as the conscious mind. And so my own modality kind of incorporates the non-visual um, and uh, the ability to consciously channel all at the same time. And so it's, it's a slightly different um, introduction to the session, depending on if it's a quantum healing session or a timeline healing hypnosis session. But the end result is usually the same. So after the first part, the induction um, and the, the induction is personalized for every client in the timeline healing um, session, which is my modality. By um, It's personalized by the client themselves. They answer a bunch of questions. I have all these questions for them when they first sign up. And people aren't really consciously aware of it. I mean, I try to point it out, but um, they're essentially channeling directly from their higher self all of the information, all of the energy that is most important for them that's going to help them relax and access all of this information, their higher self and past lives, et cetera. And so they're, they're creating this space in the quantum for the session to take place by answering all these questions. And so it's easier for them to access it. They've set the intention. They're working with their higher self, even if they're not consciously aware of it, creating this space. And then when we get together in the physical to actually do the session, we just together um, enter into that quantum healing space essentially and get all their answers and it's pretty amazing if I do say so myself um, <laughs> but it's just a lot of it's just a lot of trust <clears throat> very much like a meditation and so once I've kind of guided them into being relaxed enough and allowing this information to come through they'll start to see things or hear things or just know the things and I just ask questions and kind of navigate them through whatever they're hearing, seeing, feeling, or knowing. Um, and they have, before the session, provided me with questions and issues and things they want to know about. So I'll kind of be asking those as they come up. Um, I will also ask for permission to speak with their higher self. And usually I can see and even like feel a, a change in their energy when the higher self comes forward and ask the higher self whatever questions they want to know. And then that's kind of it. We wrap things up and they come back into their body, which is a different, unique experience for everyone. And everyone's kind of like, 
whoa, that was not at all what I was expecting. That was really different. And then that's it. We kind of debrief and chat about it a little bit. I send them their recording. Um, it's even for people who stay pretty conscious and, and present for their sessions. It's kind of like a dream. It starts to fade quickly at the end of the session, like over the next several hours or days. And so recording it enables them to be able to listen and refresh their memory after the session's over. And lots of healing can also take place listening to it after as well. So I got to make a few comments on it as far as like going into the session with you, just because of the way you like carry yourself, you're a very like bubbly, like happy person definitely sets like a good atmosphere for trying to do something like that. Especially if somebody is, I don't want to say like a skeptic, obviously, if you're going into the, like the, you're going in to do this kind of stuff, but it just, it gets rid of that, like, uh, that edge, just going in and having a conversation and just getting comfortable first before you even get into anything and coming from somebody that really didn't know what to expect to going into a past life regression. Cause I've only done a couple different, uh, guided meditations beforehand. Um, it was a, it was a really weird experience in the aspect of like, I didn't know what to expect. So going into it, I just kind of like let everything happen. And you made the comment about the visual thing. And I typically kind of feel the same way that I don't usually see myself as necessarily like a visual person when it comes to like meditation or anything like that. Like I don't see like the images straight in front of me, but it's more of like, um, and I'm sure this is probably how you've kind of intended to set it up for, uh, people that come your way for this kind of stuff. But, uh, it's more like, like when you like imagine like something that's like like a memory almost where you're not like visually seeing it, but you're still like seeing it like in your mind. It's kind of like a weird thing to describe where it's it's not like a visual thing because if you're trying to like see it with your eyes, like it just disappears. It's like you have to have it just kind of sit in your head and it's a really interesting area to get into as far as getting into all of this because I wasn't honestly expecting to like see or experience anything just because like I always question the hell out of myself. So as soon as we got rolling, even when you were talking about with all the questions and everything and that you kind of started everything off with, um, it was funny. I made a comment afterwards about how I was already seeing the things that you were telling me to see before you actually told me that, because again, that was showing that, you know, it got into that higher self area because a lot of those questions that you even had on that, I don't want to say that they're hard to answer, but they were kind of hard to answer in a different way. But anybody that's going and planning on doing this, like I feel like coming from this side of it, my best recommendation is don't put thought into the questions. Just whatever comes into your mind is what you should write. And that's also the same kind of uh, mentality you should have going into the session to begin with is basically get rid of like the, your, your mouth filter. Even if you are partly still like conscious in the front and tapping into your subconscious, you got to get rid of that like filter and don't question anything that comes out. Just let whatever comes out, comes out. And I was completely baffled by all of the stuff that I was experiencing yesterday down to the point of like deep emotions that I'm not typically in a very emotional guy. And there's a particular part that got pretty emotional for me there, but I, it was, it was honestly great. I highly recommend it to anybody that hasn't done it and what not a better person to do it with than somebody that you can get comfortable with and actually have a conversation with beforehand and afterwards. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's, it's honestly, it's such an honor to be able to hold space for people. And like, it's just, I'm actually getting a little emotional talking about how it's people always say, Oh, thank you so much for the session. But I, I always say, thank you for the opportunity to hold space. Like this is what I came here for. And like seeing other people be able to 
heal, whatever that means. It's so different for everybody what healing means, but to see people doing that, however, you know, they see fit, whatever that means for them and, and stepping into their own power and, and succeeding at these things, these spiritual things like meditation and passe progression and all this other stuff is, it's so special. It's such a blessing to me when people are like wanting to book a session and, and ask for my guidance. I, it's just amazing. There really aren't words that I, that can adequately express how amazing it is to be able to do this with people and for people. Um, and I think a lot of, a lot of my sessions, I've actually kind of removed that, the quote unquote interview part. Um, because I, most, I mean, 99% of my um, clients come from my social media and my whole social media is just me being a human. Like I'm pretty, you know, I don't, I don't um, film content that's like really edited and like beautiful, you know, like transitions and like all this other stuff. I just, I just like record myself like in my car or like in my bedroom. And I'm like, I had the coolest session, you guys, this person learned a thing or whatever and then they healed and it was cool and like I just want to be human because like that's what I came here to do is just be human and and I think that that is what draws a lot of my clients into me is I'm just real and like we just kind of hang out and it's just low-key and there's no pressure and I just and I I think that that that's a lot of what draws people in is the the effortless the effortless energy of if I can do this, you can too. Um, and I, it's also, I know that I have a past life connection actually with, with a lot of the people who find my content and that I do sessions for, um, most of, most of the people who I end up doing sessions for and that find me, I actually have had a past life with. I don't, I don't usually ask anymore, um, but I would say I don't, the vast majority of, of clients I've had a past life with. And that's also, I think, a reason that people feel so comfortable with me is I'm, I'm familiar and it's, I'm comfortable. And um, like I said, it's just it's an honor to be able to hold space for people and to my my like my company name or my my tagline kind of is heal your soul yourself like i'm not here to heal anyone i'm just here to help others remember that they can actually heal themselves um we're all able to do that and so i just don't know nudge you in the right direction a really beautiful journey yeah i just like holding space and just lending my own energy while people kind of figure it out on, on their own really i mean it's kind of like i kind of re relate it to raising children like i'm not here to like i'm here to like keep them safe and like help teach them things i guess but i'm not really here to facilitate and do everything for them if that makes sense i'm just kind of here to hold space and make sure that they have whatever tools in their toolbox that they need to be able to function in life and keep themselves safe and and healthy and stuff um and i just kind of feel like i have the same approach with my clients like i know that some healers and practitioners they they want to they really enjoy having repeat customers and and i don't think there's anything wrong with that necessarily but i'm more of the energy of like i want to give people the um, confidence to know that they can just like do this on their own. And so 
if, if someone's coming to me and they're like, I want to do a bunch of sessions. I want to get to the bottom of this or, or they already had a session with me and they're like, I, it didn't work. And I'm so anxious and I'm still having these problems. Oh my gosh, can you help me? Let's do another session. Actually, can I book two or three? I, that energy for me is actually, it feels very burdensome. Again, there are practitioners that they love that. They like, they love a challenge or they like to repeat and like, Oh, let's get to the bottom of this. We'll do it together. We'll figure it out. And I'm more like, no, you can do this on your own. I don't want you to be dependent on me either. We need to find a different approach or we need to ask your higher self some different questions to get to the bottom of this. Or maybe I'm just not the right practitioner for you. Um, but sometimes people come to me and they want to do multiple sessions just because they're curious. They're like, this is the coolest thing ever. I feel, you know, they're, they're clearly in this energy of like excitement and like positivity and love and like, oh, this is so cool. Let's discover some more stuff. I want to learn all the things. I, like, I, I'm your girl. Like, if, if that's the approach that you're wanting to take. Um, but I firmly believe that everyone is able to do all of this on their own. We all need some help from time to time. I still get sessions and have questions and do past life regressions with other, you know, practitioners as well. But needing to like go to someone else or have someone else healing you and doing the work for you because you're not able to or whatever. That's just the, the conditioning of society. I don't, I don't really believe that or give that a lot of weight. So I'm with you on that one, though. A lot of people, they expect outside sources to help them feel better when realistically you have everything you need. It's just a matter of learning the mental tricks to actually get yourself to the point that you need to be in. But kind of bouncing with a couple different questions here. You partly answered one of my questions within that last yep. one, but I'm still going to partly ask it anyways, though. But so yeah. this is, is going to be a little compound of questions, so I apologize in advance. But you said that you feel like a lot of your customers you'd seen in past lives. And I remember at the end of mine yesterday that I didn't see any of them past like one life, but I remember saying that I had nine lives. Mm -hmm. And just out of curiosity, I was going to ask if you remember seeing me or possibly in a past life. And then in connection with that also, I was going to ask if uh, you did your own guided meditate or if you did your own uh, regression um, sessions or if you had somebody else do them for you. And I guess that's kind of a two part with that one that you can obviously do it yourself, but have you ever tried it with like you versus somebody else just to see like what the different methods are and like how it works out for you. And also like, if you're willing to share it, uh, what are some of like your past life regressions that, you know, people might find interesting or that you find interesting? Yeah. Yep. You know, it's funny at the end of your session, I almost had the inkling to ask. I was just, but I felt like I was just being nosy for my own curiosity about asking if you and I had ever had a past life together. And to be honest, I actually, and this is what I tell my clients a lot, especially when they're asking me, like if I'm doing a live and like doing readings and someone comes in, are you answering yes, no questions? Yeah. Is my, is my boyfriend going to come back to me or is my girlfriend cheating on me or whatever? Usually my response to those is, you already know the answer to that. <laughs> you don't need to ask me, you know, the answer to that. And so related to that is, is kind of the reason why I didn't ask at the end of your, um, your session. It, it isn't something we had talked about before. And I felt like I just didn't want to ask for my own nosiness. And I already knew the answer to the question. I know that we've had past lives together. Um, I, I hadn't seen, I hadn't like tapped in fully to ask, like, what was the nature of the past life? Like, what did we do? And, you know, do we have any work together to, to do in this lifetime? Um, but I can just feel it. I can like feel when I meet someone now, 
like, oh, there's definitely like a soul family connection. There's definitely a past life connection. Um, so I hope that, that that answers the question. And then, yeah, the part about being able to, to do my own past life regressions now. So when I first started on this journey, like three years ago, I had never seen a past life. I had just barely started meditating. And I was like, I was kind of in that energy. Part of the reason, um, full disclosure, why I got into the quantum healing hypnosis to begin with is because I felt like any, anyone could do it and you didn't really have to be gifted because I, I was def definitely still in that energy of not feeling worthy, not feeling like I had any va value to provide others with. And I was like, all I have to do is read a transcript, like a guided meditation, and then people see their past lives. Like that's, that's just doable like that's easy everyone could do that so i'm i would be able to do that i hope that makes sense what i'm saying funny enough now that i've gotten into it and i've been doing it obviously this is something that i'm good at and that i i have a gift for um it's about the, the personality I into it is because i had not say it again i said it's about the personality that you just have like a very bubbly happy personality so it just works really well for you with what you're doing well, and people feel so comfortable with me. People are always saying, you're so, you're so calm and even your voice is relaxing and I just really trust you. And, and like I said, it's such an honor that people feel that way about me. I just really feel like I, because people are trusting and that's how they relate to me. It feels like I have a, a duty to, to act in a way that like upholds that trust that they just kind of give me automatically, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, when I first started all this stuff, I hadn't tapped into anything. I, I, I like just couldn't see energy. I felt like I, I wasn't consciously like working with energy in any way. I was so into all of this stuff and I was like, so like desperate to like understand how, how it would fit into my life and how I could fit into like the, the grander scheme of everything here. Um, but I hadn't seen any past lives. I hadn't done any of this stuff. And so I actually did sessions for people you know, as a practitioner helping them before I received a, a session as a client. And those first few sessions were, it was, I mean, I didn't, I didn't see a whole lot. I was able to, to trust enough that, um, like as the stuff was coming through, I was, I was just like, because I had done everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For other people, I was like just go with it. This is real. I know that, um, the information is there, even if it's not coming through exactly the way that I am expecting it to, or would like for it to. And I think that that really set me up to be able to see my path, to see, to access my past lives when I wasn't really seeing anything visually. Um, and, and the, my first few sessions as a client, I was, it was like really, I don't know what the word is kind of abstract and confusing. Like I was just like in the astral and I was like moving through space. I was like energy <laughs> for experiencing it for the
first time I was like, this is weird. And I don't know if this is really working, but I had great practitioners who were like, yeah, absolutely. You're, you're just in a space where there, there isn't like a physical, like 3d tangible, um, matter-based anything to grab onto to report. And that's fine. Um, and a lot of the things that I was able to see and to like work through, it was all very like three, 3D, like current lifetime traumas and stuff, right? Like childhood wounds and stuff with my mom or stuff with my dad that I hadn't really been expecting, but it was coming up. And I found now doing lots and lots of sessions that, that we have to like start, everything starts from like the, the things closest to us and then we work our way out. So like you do the inner work first and that's what you, you move through first in order to be able to like start understanding higher levels of consciousness and how others and stuff it has to start from within and also as far as lifetimes seeing them accessing them integrating them like you start with this one you move through all of your crap <laughs> in this lifetime all the drama all the whatever and then you can start moving out and expanding a bit but if you if you jump straight from from this right now from the trauma and the energy of your current lifetime and you try to just start understanding past lives on other planets or as energy or whatever it's really, it's a, a mind fuck. I mean, that's really hard to like even know what, how to process that. Like I'm, the energy of the confusion is kind of coming out with like my inability to even find the words to describe it. And when I was able to start tapping into these things on my own, I went through a phase where I was like, I want to know all the things. I want to know about all my past lives. I don't know how many guides I have. I want to know like why they're my guides and how I connect to them. And I want to know about all of my past lives. And I want to do all of this stuff. And I, I really dove in. I was getting lots of sessions as a, a client. I was, I was tapping into my own past lives and meditation. And, and it got to the point where I was able to fairly easily tap into it. It was just trust. It was just a matter of trusting it as it came through. Um, but I, and the warning signs were there that I was, um, gonna get burned out and that spirit was kind of like okay slow down slow down <laughs> let's let's focus on the here and the now a little bit but I was like no I gotta know this is so cool it's so much fun and I remember after I had done I don't even remember what the past life was that I saw but it was I was like consciousness I was like I remember like seeing like it was like blue energy moving and I just knew that it was it was like the energy of like synapses in the brain like making connections it was like literally how thoughts are formulated how consciousness moves through like the human mind and I remember coming out of that session and being like what even is life like why am I <laughs> what am I even doing here in this lifetime as daily, like I could have been thought, but I'm here as daily instead. Like, why would I do that? This is weird. <laughs> it's like My poor head was just like going to explode. And I realized that you can't, we can't know all the things of everything of all the secrets of the universe. Like it would just, it would be way too much. And so moving, just allowing spirit or your higher self universe, God, whatever you want to call it. Um, to to guide you on that path so you're not biting off more than you can chew is really important and that's why some clients when they come to me 
they don't see a past life. They, they stay pretty much in their current lifetime to work through whatever it is that they need to work through in this lifetime to integrate and understand that or they move on to something else a little bit further out, a little bit further out. And there's nothing wrong with that. We all, you know, have our unique journeys and it's important to accept kind of where you're at on your journey, like in any given moment and not be pushing and pushing and pushing because usually what's, what's at the core of the, the, the pushing and the pushing and the not listening to the guidance is some sort of, I don't know, usually fear, you know, worrying that you're going to waste your life here or worrying that you're not good enough. I know a lot of what was at the core of my, like, no, I want to learn. I want to learn. I want to know. I want to know. It's like, I wanted to, to understand, I wanted to get validation or confirmation that I was like important, like not even on a grander scale, but just for me in my own life. Like I wanted, wanted to know that I like mattered and that I had like done cool things in the past or whatever. And I remember after that one session, I was like, I was like, but I matter and I'm important because I am just because I am like, I'm here having a life. Like that's, this is the most important life is the one that I have right now. Like I'm going to, I'm going to waste, I'm going to use this whole lifetime focusing on all the other lives I've ever had. That seems silly. Why don't I just focus on and enjoy and connect with the life I'm actually in right now? So probably going through that whole experience of digging too much and uncovering too much and being like, I mean, I just was like out of commission for like two weeks after that. I was like, I got to just like rest. I got to like sleep and like recalibrate and just take a break for a little bit. It was probably an important part of my journey so that I could help other people understand that all this stuff is really amazing and cool. But the point of it all is to realize that the present life, these now moments, this is all that there really is. And this is what's most important. So I hope that makes sense. No, definitely. And it's one of those things too, that anytime you talk about like anything, it's meditation or anything in those guidelines, it sounds a lot like it's in that like psychedelic mindset. Like the whole idea that you said that you were seeing almost like thoughts like happening within like a brain like it seems like that could theoretically be almost like a past life, even if it's a short life that's in between lives. Like there's still a period where you're like a thought and that's still somewhat of a tangible thing because it's still an energy. So it may be a short life, but it may actually be some kind of like a in between past life. But another kind of weird thing that popped up that I was just thinking about, and I think I've asked a couple different people this, but I've never asked like the correct right person that actually does uh, regressions this question. But if time isn't necessarily like linear, have you ever had any experiences where you've done like past life regressions, but rather than it being like in the past, it's a life that may be in the past, like, you know, from, from like our, our, where we're looking at it right now, but it was like a, a life that already happened, but it's actually like a time in the future. Have you ever had any like experiences with that? Um, I guess the short answer is yes. And I, the way that I've come to understand the concept of time and like past lives, present lives and future lives is that it's a matter of perspective. Um, It really depends on the, the basically the perspective that a soul is taking on when they come into a life um, that determines whether or 
which of their lives then are going to be viewed as like a past life, their current lifetime or a future lifetime. It's kind of like if you imagine that we like break off, break away from source, right. From all of creation. And we're going to go have all these experiences as um, this fractal, right. This unique little fractal of source. And we decide we're going to jump into a life, I don't know, life number one, right? And so we jump into life number one and we have all these experiences and then we're done with that lifetime. <clears throat> so we come out of that lifetime back into kind of like the void, right? The ether that is all of creation. And we take that kind of that um, costume off, right? The lifetime number one costume, we take it off and we set it aside. And now we can just kind of be the fractal of source again. And we can jump into another lifetime this is lifetime number two and we have all these experiences, but all of, all of creation, everything that ever is, was, or will be still exists in there. And so when you're in there in your lifetime number two costume, you can bump up against, you can cross paths with the energy that you left behind from lifetime number one. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, because there's and still so that connection just, with it, no matter what way you look at it. You still have some kind of tie yeah, to it. It still exists. Lifetime number one, the energy of that has, has already been created, and so it's still there and it exists. And you can become conscious and aware of it. Um, it just depends on your perspective when you go into a certain lifetime, right? So you're in lifetime number two, moving all around all space, time, and creation, having all these experiences, maybe you cross paths with lifetime number one and you become aware of it and maybe you don't, and then you come on out. And so take that costume off. So there's lifetime number one and lifetime number two costumes. And then you can either jump back in as lifetime number three, which is a unique experience, unique lifetime to have, or you could put lifetime number two costume back on and go and experience that again. Or you can put on those other, the first two costumes if you want and have a combination where it's that perspective that you are taking on, right? And so you have the perspective of the, the conscious, the energy of those past lives that you're bringing with you. It's just a perspective. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's 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 like a fixed viewpoint because of the way like our reality is constructed. Where, you know, if you're looking at it from like the broader standpoint, then it wouldn't necessarily be in like a specific like chronological order. But because of the perspective that we're in and our reality that we're in, we're kind of forced to look at it from that from the our perspective in that order. Right. Yep. But um, this actually kind of leads me into another question here. So I uh, actually ended up finding you through a listener named Brandy, and she requested mm -hmm. that I ask about the dark guides. So for her sake and the fact that she actually made this connection happen, um, of course, I have to ask her question about uh, the dark guides. Yeah, well, thank you very much to Brandy for hooking us up. I really appreciate that. Um, so it's really hard. So I, I've talked a little bit on the show already about conditioning and how part of the human experience is just the, the opportunity to experience and to learn about duality so light and dark good and bad whatever there's so many things that are dualistic right in and yang male and female all these different things that are just like two two different sides of a coin or whatever right and so dark and light 
that concept is falls right in line with that. And dark doesn't necessarily mean bad or scary or dangerous or evil. It just means dark, you know, like the absence of light. Um, but we're all so conditioned to associate darkness, like dark spirit guides or dark or heavy energies or anything that falls into that category as being bad or, or undesirable. But, you know, if we take the label, the human label away and we just allow it to be whatever it is, it's really just dark is just the absence of light. And so when we're thinking about spirit guides, for example, some of them are of the light. And so they are, they carry an energy that is loving or it is positive or it's high vibrational or it's whatever, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're good. It just means that they're light and they are loving and that's the guidance that they offer. Those are the lessons that they're bringing. And so a dark guide then would be the opposite. They're, they're bringing experiences that are lower vibrational. They are darker they're heavier. Oftentimes they're more difficult. Um, and those are the experiences that they, that those guides are here to help us through. They provide guidance and protection for dark experiences, for heavy experiences, things that are difficult. And of course, a light guide can help you with dark, heavy, hard human experiences. And the opposite can be true. A dark spirit guide can also give perspective or offer guidance for experiences that are more light and loving. Um, but it's, everybody has guides. They have access to um, entities and beings that are darker and they're only, they are, they take on the value and the meaning that we give to them. And so if someone feels like, dark guides are demonic or they're evil or they're horrible, then likely the experiences that they have with the darkness or with dark guides are going to fall in line with that belief system, that energy that they carry for the darkness really. And, and it's important to remember too, that a lot of our beliefs that we project onto others and that we label others with, they're, they're things that kind of start internally. And so those are the things that we are concerned with. Those are the, the things that we are worried may be true about ourselves and the decisions that we make. Like we think that the darkness is bad or it's evil or it's demonic, likely because we've been raised, we've been conditioned to to think that darker experiences or those darker behaviors of ourselves are bad or evil or no good. And we shouldn't do them ourselves, if that makes sense. Um, and so that's what we're projecting onto these other things, these other experiences outside of ourselves and, and all, all truths can be true. And so if that is someone's truth, that dark guides are bad and that, they don't want anything to do with them or whatever, then that 
is true for them and that's fine. And I, I mean, I have respect for that. I don't, I don't think that anyone should just have all the same beliefs as me. And if, you know, someone hears me say that Lucifer is one of my spirit guides and I find him to be very divine and loving and very helpful for me on my journey. If, you know, someone else says, that's crazy. He's the devil. I would never, that's horrible and awful. I'm the last person to say, you're wrong. You should really tap into Lucifer and he'll show you how divine he is because that's not <laughs> that person's experience. And that's fine. My experience doesn't have to be everyone else's experience. And it honestly shouldn't be. That would be weird. So. <laughs> Just to kind of make it like a real world example of at least my understanding of it. It seems like when it comes to like the light guides, they're more there for like comfort. And when it comes to like the dark guides, they're more there for like growth, because at least from like my experience, I feel that, you know, you can have a loving experience, but there's not really an opportunity for growth with that. It's more just for a peaceful state of mind. But when you go through traumatic experiences, that's when a person actually becomes stronger. That's when they actually have like growth as a person. And just to kind of make a weird example of this is where my mind went as soon as you started explaining this whole concept of like light guides and dark guides is the pr prime example from pop culture that people would totally be able to relate to is uh, a Christmas or a Christmas carol that there's the two light guides in the beginning, the light loving ones that are kind of just showing like the comfort thing. And then the last one that comes, the ghost of Christmas, uh, Christmas future is I'd say like a dark guide. Cause he's like the grim reaper, but because of him coming, it's a misunderstanding because of fear of just seeing something like that's dark. But because of that, it leads into the part where it scares him so much to the point where he doesn't want to die, that he becomes a better person through that growth of that fear from that. And from that dark guide, it's not that that, that the ghost of Christmas uh, future is ever necessarily like a bad or evil character uh, visually looking at him. Yes. People would assume that, but that doesn't mean that that's what any of his, of his intentions were. And at the end of the day, if you look at like how the whole story of a Christmas Carol grows, I feel like the one that did the most growth for the character was that final dark guide because he showed him, trauma in order to make it so that he could actually fully grow. It's almost like the light guides are kind of set it up so, so that you get into that comfort spot so that the dark guide can come and actually like throw you into nothing. So you can collect that information and the comfort that you got from the light guides to bring it all into a higher understanding and growth from it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great example. And I, to take it a step further, I think it's important to consider what the intention was of that that last dark guide in coming to him in the first place, right? And my understanding, my own belief system is that those dark guides come to us, right? So like the Grim Reaper comes and like scares you or whatever, right? Whatever your experience is, whatever your experience is, when that darkness comes in, they're coming to you to help you, right? Their intention is still one of unconditional love and, and of, of growth and of learning for you. And that's just the way that that message needed to be delivered, that the energy was going to be best received was through the vehicle of a dark messenger. Mm -hmm. And that's what it takes. Sometimes it's just somebody needs a little swift kick in yeah. the ass to really get, because again, like not everybody actually gets the message from oh, it's okay. You're going to be great. It's going to be fine. Sometimes you need that person to be like, all right, you're on the ground, pick yourself up and let's do this. You're going to stop being weak. You're going to get up and you're going to do it. Like some people just need that hard push. And that's what I kind of feel like the dark guides are is like that, that kick in the ass that people need sometimes. Yeah, 
Definitely. There's a saying, I'm going to try not to slaughter it. It's something like somebody once gave me a box full of darkness and it took me a long time to realize that that was actually a gift too. And it's the same thing, like darkness and, and giving a gift of apparent nothingness or, or darkness or heaviness or whatever. It can be a gift. It can be an opportunity if you just choose to look at it like that. So again, it's all perspective. <laughs> just to correlate with that even more too, I feel like a lot of the time people are scared of the dark because it brings in this feeling of like isolation and aloneness. And that seems to be what people are scared of the most is being alone. But at the same time though, the only way that you'll ever be comfortable around other people and comfortable with yourself in this reality is if you learn how to be isolated by yourself and actually learn to be comfortable with that. Because if you're always using other people as a distraction to keep yourself feeling better, then you're going to be avoiding this thing your entire life. But if you learn to just sit in the dark and be isolated by yourself for a while, then I feel like that's where your true character growth is because you really get to learn about yourself. You get to explore the dark crevices of your mind and you don't have the distraction of all the light of all the happy people around you. Instead, you're just sitting in yourself. But because of that, I feel like at the end of that, you're able to be happy within the dark because then you have an understanding of what the dark is. So you're not scared of the dark anymore. Exactly. I mean, the darkness, it can be a gift if, if you choose to look at it that way, because the light, like you just said, it can be really distracting. It's hard to, to, to concentrate. It's hard to focus when, when there's light, when you can see, when there's all of these things to perceive and take in. Sometimes it takes the isolation or or the void of darkness in order to tap into and to understand and allow whatever it is that your guides are wanting you to understand or whatever it is, the next lesson that you're trying to anchor in. It's much easier to do that a lot of the time in the dark and in isolation without all these distractions. And I mean, that's at least... I've been there for a long time in the aspect of like back when I was doing a lot of uh, like character growth through like psychedelics and stuff. Um, I would do a lot of sitting in the dark by myself. And because of that, it's one of those things that now it's like I'm not scared to be by myself. I'm not scared to be isolated and alone because I found comfort within that. Because, again, the thing people are afraid of the most is realistically themselves. So if you never learn how to actually sit with yourself, then you're always going to be running away from yourself. And that's just how you're going to spend the rest of your life is trying to do anything you can to avoid the dark and stay in the light. Not realizing that sometimes it's fine just to lay back and stop trying to stay in the light all the time. <laughs> Yeah, just acceptance. There's so much, so much um, growth and so much learning can happen when we stop resisting the things and we just accept what it is that we are tapping into, part particularly when we are alone, when, when we are isolated, when we're not, like you said, distracting ourselves with everything all around. Friends, relationships, um, our, our duties and obligations as a parent with work, with social media, with technology. Like when we take all of those things away, like what is it, what is it that's left for us to connect to, right? And like you said, a lot of the time, it's, it's us. That's, that's all you have to connect to when you're isolated and, and by yourself and on your own. And that can be a really scary experience for people. A lot of, a lot of the conditioning though that we receive pretty much from childhood is that um, we are we're not able to, we are not capable of doing things on our own and for ourselves. Either just from our parents, from society, from wherever it is, we're always 
we are encouraged to, to look for things outside of ourselves. And so to rely just on yourself or to know, to trust yourself, to find your own answers, it's hard and it's, it's really scary. And there's, there's a big pushback too for people who want to tap into their own knowledge, their own wisdom and rely on themselves a little bit more, you know, people who go off grid or people who are like, you know, I don't really trust, you know, mainstream medical. And I, I want to try to empower myself to know how to heal myself and support my own body through nutrition or exercise or whatever. I, I just prefer not to go to the doctor for everything or, um, I don't really like public schools all that much. I really think there's a lot of value in homeschooling like all of all of those um experiences are related to their their kind of a similar energy of allowing oneself to um lead their own journey and to like tap into their own knowingness rather than just kind of going with the mainstream you know preset decision and it it can be triggering for other people there's a lot there's a lot of pushback there's a lot of discomfort from other people when when someone decides I think I'm not going to rely on everything outside of myself for right now I'm going to just tap in and and it makes it hard honestly it makes it really hard to to tap in and to allow your own guidance to be what is guiding your life <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean you're preaching to the choir on that one I completely agree with everything that you said there and uh just another side question for I forget to uh, ask it because I've, I've been curious about this almost the whole time. So with your, with your sessions, have you ever experienced anybody that like, this is their first life that don't have past lives? Or is it one of those things that every soul consciousness that exists now has always existed and there isn't any like new first time life experiencers? I've had a couple of clients who were, who hadn't had any past lives, but it is extremely, extremely rare. Most, most clients that I have, have had at least a handful of lifetimes. I would say it's really hard to even say, well, the average number of lives, but most people have had between, you know, like 10 and I don't know, 50 or something. I mean, some people have had hundreds or thousands of lifetimes, um, and some people have only had just a couple, two or three. So everyone, it's really different. But um, again, it's just, it's perspective because I would argue that even someone who, who comes here and their soul, this is their first iteration, like from source, it's just really what's happening is their consciousness in this lifetime is only accessing memories, energy, and information from their time at source it's not necessarily saying that their soul has literally never had any other lifetimes it's just that for this lifetime the only other lives that they came like loaded with the memory of that they needed to know about or be aware of was their lifetime at source does that make sense yeah because it's one of those things that at least for me i kind of feel like it's like a chain of events where it's like when you do a past life regression you remember the last one that you had, because that one plays into the life that you're currently living because you're trying to counterbalance the ends of it. So it seems like they almost like go in pairs that you'll have like your first life and then your second life counterbalances that. And then you'll have the next one and then the next one counterbalances it. So it's like, it's, it's that back and forth of 
this one, that one, this one, that one. So it seems like they, they always like work in twos because they're intended to just counterbalance each other as you keep progressing down this line. So it almost kind of makes you wonder if it's a matter of like the last lives were lived correctly. So there is no reason to retain that memory because you did everything that you're supposed to do. And maybe the people that have past lives where they're remembering the last 50 past lives, the last hundred past lives, it's because they're not doing something right because they're not counterbalancing it in the next life. So the reason why they remember that many lives back is because they still haven't corrected the thing that they're supposed to correct all the way back then. But if you don't remember any of it, or you only remember the one before it, that means that you're kind of playing the game correctly, so to speak, that you're supposed to just do this back and forth duality thing as you go through your lives. Yeah. And it, it kind of what you're talking about is that kind of the, the concept of, of karma of making decisions in one lifetime trying to learn a lesson and not doing it, I don't know, sufficiently, I guess. And then going into the next lifetime, like with a mission, like I'm going to try and work through that. Right. And karma, so many people think of karma as punishment or a consequence for like a previous decision. And it's really just the balancing of energy and none of it, none of it is good and none of it is bad. It all just kind of is, it all just kind of exists. Um, and we, I think it's important to remember too that we we choose to go into these lives to learn certain things or to have certain experiences you know we i believe and not everyone agrees and that's totally fine but i believe that we choose our families we choose to have difficult experiences simply to have the experience because you know if we are to believe that the whole point of life or of source and creation is to have experiences and to experience itself in all different ways, how could you possibly, how could source possibly do that if they were only experiencing half of all of creation because they were only having the light, loving, fun experiences and not having any of the dark experiences because they're difficult or hard or difficult or heavy or whatever. So... So I had somebody kind of explain it to me in the aspect of it doesn't necessarily mean that you're good or bad, but say that in this life you were somebody that somebody broke into your house and, you know, they molested your family or whatever. They like tried to rape your wife and they killed your family. So that was that experience that you're supposed to experience in this life. And in the next life, you'll be on the opposite side of that where you'll be the one doing it to the people. And it's not that, again, that you're like a bad person energetically it's a matter of seeing it's an experience from two different angles um it, it just again matter of trying to understand life from every single nook and cranny rather than only trying to see it through like one positive perspective lens because if you really want to get a whole grasp of life as a whole then you want to experience everything all together and just to kind of like relate it to something that's a little bit more uh like in the now real world for people you know like you want to play a driving game because it's fun. It's a happy, fun racing game, whatever. But at the same time though, you know, you still have that hankering where it's like, you still want to experience and you want to play like a shooter game or like grand theft auto or something like that. It doesn't necessarily mean that like that defines it. May, it may define like you, if you're physically doing that within this lifetime, but it doesn't necessarily define your energetic self because that energetic self isn't viewing stuff from that human lens of perspective of what's moral, what's right, what's wrong. It's looking at the universe from the perspective of trying to experience everything that there is within the universe to experience for the sake of being able to experience it and actually have a full, well-rounded view and understanding of life in general. 
and this is where it kind of gets into some of my like weird concepts that I've kind of fathomed a few times is you get into like these different dimensional theories about there being multiple dimensions, infinite dimensions. And I've kind of questioned sometimes if the premise of life and experience is that it almost is like a buildup that you're supposed to be able to see life from every single angle so that in turn, when you transcend, so to speak, or you like leave this reality after you finish with your pat with your different lives that you're supposed to live, it makes me wonder if maybe all these other dimensions that we speak of could be people that completed all the experiences within this reality. So then in turn, because they've experienced and they know an entire reality, then they are able to then create a reality because they've seen every single facet of create reality created and experienced. Yeah, and I I just keep going back to that concept of perspective. It's like, as humans, we have such a limited perspective about what life and creation and, and energy is all about that it's, it's so hard for us to conceptualize what that bigger picture could even possibly consist of and it's then there's nothing wrong with us having to have these theories right and think through it and have all these different conclusions about what could be or what might be or what probably is because my belief is that 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 is part of what we agree to when we come into this human lifetime it is it's all about duality it's about growth and understanding and honestly having a very limited perspective from which to understand all of these things. And I, I think it's also important to remember that every person, every soul is having their own unique experience while they're here. And so obviously when we hear about people doing horrible things like committing murder, obviously that's, Basically, no human is going to be like, cool, good job. You're really living the, the life that you came here to live as a soul. I'm glad you murdered people. But at the same time, immediately concluding that they are horrible and terrible and they should be tortured just the same and hopefully they go spend eternity in hell. Again, it's just a, a, a personal opinion. I don't necessarily think that that is... I don't know. I don't know what the right energy here in this case would be, but that's just not a belief that I want to hold. That's not an energy that I want to be in. You know what I mean? Just compassion and realizing that there's so much more to this life experience that we're having than like the physical 3D shows us. It's just it's just so important to keep that in mind. This is going to be, hopefully this doesn't come off too dark because I'm trying to explain this in a not twisted sounding way. But so if you're looking at stuff from like the energetic level of like, like our consciousness not being tied to like a physical vessel and knowing that you're going to redo the cycle and go into something else, looking at it from that perspective instead of the human perspective of something dies and it's gone forever, then it may not be as dark and twisted as people perceive it because it's almost like you're just you know, again, playing like a shooting game with a friend, you shoot your friend, he respawns into the next one. Like that energy's not dead. You know, the energy's not dead, but you know, they got to experience that now. So again, not like, oh, I'm doing you a favor because now you got to experience death. But at the same time though, like it's not morally wrong from that astral perspective because that 
soul energy, it isn't dying. It's just recycling back into something else. You're not killing anything. You're just shifting it into something else and in turn giving that experience in the in-between. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose that from the human perspective, morally or ethically, yeah, obviously, like murdering is bad and hurting others and taking away their free will. Obviously, I would never advocate for that. There's, you know, not saying that that's a good thing or okay. And yeah, people who murder people should never be punished or have a consequence. I'm, I'm not saying that for sure. Um, but the the energetics behind it and and understanding just kind of the overall bigger picture um i for me anyway it just it allows me to have a lot more honestly peace and calm and compassion and understanding in my everyday life you know if someone wrongs me you know i don't know i get cut off in traffic or someone i don't know someone steals my phone or whatever it's just so much easier for me to let it go when i can tap into the truth that all of this is just temporary anyway and none of it it's not that none of it really matters and in, in the in that sense of like why do anything why care about anything because nothing matters but it's it feels so temporary to me and i for me it's a matter of making a conscious decision that if it's going to be <clears throat> a temporary experience and i know i'm just going to like respawn and come back into a different lifetime why not just make it as enjoyable as i can while i'm here and for me that manifests as letting things go as much as i can and having compassion and doing my best to not get stressed out or angry or upset about things i mean i'm human i still get upset and stressed out you know if rents due and i can't make it or whatever not saying that I'm perfect or that I never get worried about anything, but the, the conscious decision to have compassion for others and to just remember that I'm creating my own reality. And if I don't love the way that it's going right now, I can just do it a little bit differently tomorrow or next month or next year is, I don't know. I find a lot of peace in that personally. Oh yeah. I definitely agree with that. And I mean, just like another good kind of like a, analogy for just life in general that I was thinking of is it's almost like an amusement park. Life's like an amusement park in the aspect of you can go in, you can have fun for the day. You can experience everything that you could possibly experience while you're there, or you can be fixated at the fact that it closes at eight o'clock and not have any fun because you're saying, Oh, it just, it closes at eight o'clock. It doesn't matter. Like, why am I going to go and have fun? If I know that in a couple hours, it's going to close. There's no point. It's like, while you're here, you might as well have as much fun as you possibly can experience as much as you possibly can knowing that it's going to close at eight o'clock. Like it's again, two different perspectives of the same thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. But I guess uh, with that, it's probably a pretty good opportunity to uh, do some words of wisdom. And I guess you probably have been, you've been preaching some awesome words of wisdom almost this entire episode, but I guess put together in a single thought, if there's any words of wisdom that you'd like to bestow on the listeners, what would it be? I guess it would be that for everyone who's listening and is thinking to themselves, that sounds really cool, or I want to be able to do that, or I wish I could, whether it was something related to what you heard on the show, or if your mind wandered and, you know, you're thinking about starting your own company and being an entrepreneur or moving or whatever it is, whatever energy 
was tapped into for listeners as they heard us going back and forth and they were thinking, I wonder if I can do that or I wish I could, or that would be cool. You can like whatever it was, whether it's a successful meditation, whether it's energy work, whether it's quitting your job, moving, whatever it is, you're capable of doing anything that you want to. Um, and everyone listening to this is so much more powerful than they realize. And while it's nice to get some outside help from time to time or get some words of wisdom from others or whatever, the only, the only source of authority that that you need is the one that's within yourself. And so tapping into that guidance and really learning how to trust that and allow it to come through which is a different process for everyone it will change your life and it's never too late to start trusting that and tapping into it definitely agree and again just to throw and push the message home if there's anything that you guys want to do stop giving yourself reasons why you can't do it and start giving yourself reasons why you can do it change your mindset change your perspective like we've been talking about this whole episode and live your life and experience everything that you want to do and do all the things that you want to do and stop putting yourself down and telling yourself that you can't do it. Yeah, this is your sign. Go do the thing. <laughs> and uh, also with that too, if anybody wants to book a session with you, uh, they want to just follow that your awesome content that you post, uh, where can everybody come and find you at? My website is dailyrose.com and I am on TikTok as well as Instagram. Instagram is daily.rose and my TikTok is timeline healing hypnosis. And of course I will add those down in the show description. If anybody wants to find those quick and easy and at least from my perspective, coming from somebody that hasn't done a guided meditation before, didn't know what to expect. It was well worth it. And I highly recommend it to anybody and particularly with this person, because it doesn't have that awkward, like, uh, you know, like you go into like a regression session and it's like one of those things where it's like, you're almost scared of somebody being like, way too overly serious and in turn it makes you uncomfortable you just have a really good energy for mm -hmm. it you keep people calm and again not a better person to do it with and i thank brandy again shout out to brandy for putting all this together and uh making it so that we could have this conversation and i could experience a past life regression so thank you all around to you and brandy yeah thank you so much to brandy and thank you so much shane for having me and like i said it was a pleasure to exchange energy with you yesterday during your session and today on the show and i'm just so grateful and blessed to know you in this lifetime so thank you same here and i'm looking forward to hopefully having you back on the show sooner rather than later yeah that'd be awesome if you guys enjoyed the show and come on i know you guys definitely enjoyed the show don't forget to leave a review or rating for the show on iTunes or Spotify. It's an awesome way to make it so that the show gets seen by some new people. And another way to help the show get seen by some new people, don't forget to uh, share this episode with any friends, family, or anybody else that you think might enjoy it. It doesn't even matter if you're friends with them. If you guys got some kind of common ground, you guys talk about the weird stuff once in a while, throw them an episode. You never know what it might do. They might pass it on to another person, pass it on to another person, start a chain of events, and next thing you know, you got your whole entire office all listening to the show, and all of you guys can just talk about podcasts together. Come on, that'd be great. But it'll never happen unless you pass the show on through word of mouth with a friend, family, or coworker. And of course, if anybody wants to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, be it you want to contribute to some art to something, uh, you want to sit down and have a conversation, you want to share your experiences, you want to talk about some weird shit, you want to be a guest on the show, uh, 
any of those. You guys can message me on Instagram, which is the social media that I'm the most active on, or you guys can email me at increaseofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com, or you guys can go to the link tree, fill out the submission form, and of course, that will go directly to my email. Make sure that you guys check your spam and junk folders. Make sure nothing gets missed because I do respond to every single message or email that you guys send me. Everything that I've mentioned is available off of the link tree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash inquiries of our reality podcast. Or you guys can make it easy for yourself. Go down to the show description, click the link and follow it to whatever you happen to be looking for. And with that, hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.